For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Back behind those horses now as they come down the straight was Vinnie Rowe and back behind them here's Maccabi Diva. A nation roars for a hero. She's starting to wind up. 300 left to go now. Maccabi Diva's racing up. Envoy's trying to go with her. They've got to Portland Singer and Lachlan River. Here comes like a Falcon and excellent. But Maccabi Diva clear with 100 metres to go. Excellent runs to second. Orajun runs on. But a champion becomes a legend. Maccabi Diva has won it. Excellent. Oh, my God. If you're anything like a racing fan, does that not just make the hair on the back of your neck stand up? That great call from Greg Miles back in 2005 when Maccabi Diva won her third consecutive Melbourne Cup. Think about that. It's so hard to win once, to win it three times in a row. Part of the distinguished career of Greg Miles, uh, who uh, joins us uh, now live in studio. It is an honour to have you, sir, uh, in our country. Uh, It's not that far away, the 1st of November, when it is uh, the Melbourne Cup this year. Um, Greg, uh, what are you doing in the country? Welcome. G'day, Ian. It's really nice to be in the studio with you, and it's uh, great to be back in New Zealand. I, I was here about five years ago and uh, was fortunate enough to uh, uh, take in a, a meeting with George Simon, the, the great caller, and uh, visit Cambridge Start and uh, what have you. So it was, a, it was terrific uh, to, to be back, and, and of course, with the, uh, spending an evening uh, unforgettably with uh, David Ellis and his beautiful wife, Karen. So uh, they're fond memories, but I'm back in the, in the country this time around uh, as part of the Melbourne Cup Tour, the Lexus Melbourne Cup Tour and uh, it's great to be back in New Zealand again after having a couple of years off with COVID. We're back on the road and, and the Melbourne Cup uh, is is back uh, meeting the people, if you like, uh, Ian, and uh, it's going to visit 33 destinations uh, across Australia, New Zealand and Singapore and it's really fantastic to uh, to have it on the road again. That is, Greg. That is great news. Uh, it is a, a timely reminder that it's uh, the race itself is not too far away. Of course, the first Tuesday in November coincides with being the first of November this time around. Yeah. Uh, look, you've had one of the, the greatest histories of, of calling this of uh, of any caller. I um, mean, the race for so long was just uh, your name was synonymous with it, uh, Greg. Uh, can you remember your first one? That, that very first day you fronted up with 100,000 people on course? Yeah, I was uh, frightened as a little kitten uh, back in 1981, I've got to say, Ian. Just a dash, uh, won the Melbourne Cup. Um, probably not my finest call, I'd have to say, uh, but I had another 35 after that to try and uh, to <laughs> get it right, you know. Uh, and I, I recall when I took over from uh, the legendary Joe Brown, who, who called the Melbourne Cup from 1948 to 1980, I said, gee, you've been lucky, you've had all these great champions you've been able to call and I wonder what's going to be left for me and he said oh don't worry son, something will come along and you know look look what's happened in the 36 years that I called the Melbourne Cup I think we saw some of the the greatest uh, Melbourne Cup performances, including what you mentioned before, the, th- the three-peat of the great Maccabi Diva, which uh, I think we we're very fortunate that we were born in an era when we could take it in and, and be there and, and, be, and witness history like that, you know. Well, Greg, uh, one of the cups you called early on in their career, of course, uh, is Kiwi. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, probably New Zealanders' greatest memory because of the name of the horse. I, I imagine that was part of it. We all, we all sort of 
saw Kiwi as our own, you know, with the name, etc. But that was a hell of a run. It sure was, yeah. I was very fortunate uh, late last year to be on a leg of the uh, Melbourne Cup Tour with Jimmy Cassidy, and he told the story uh, often and very well uh, about riding Kiwi, and uh, it went something like um, he, he had a, a meeting with uh, the legendary Roy Higgins, and uh, Roy asked him, uh, what's, what's your plan, uh, Jimmy? What are you going to do with Kiwi? He said, well, at the post the first time, Mr Higgins, I'll, I'll be last. And Roy said, well, where will you be at the mile? He said, oh, Mr Higgins, I'll still be last at the mile. And he said, well, what, you know, horses make their move around Chiquita Lodge about six furlongs out. Where are you going to be there, Jimmy? And he said, oh, Mr Higgins, I'll be last there too. And he said, what about the home turn? He said, oh, pretty much I'll be last there, I'd say, Mr Higgins. And Roy <laughs> said, well, good luck, son, you know. <laughs> well, he was still last for the furlong to go, Ian, wasn't he? Uh, most yeah. extraordinary, a most extraordinary win. I don't think I've ever seen a horse finish a Melbourne Cup like that. Uh, such a great story too, uh, you know, Snowy Lupton out of Waverley, little racing settlement, and it was just had so much romance about it. But so, uh, so many of your great moments, uh, Greg, some uh, some sad ones, of course. Uh, you called the first for a lot of uh, people and the last for a lot of people, including uh, the Cups King, uh, Bart Cummings. You called his last, uh, quite a few of his. Oh, I did too. Um, I thought Bart might have run his race when I started calling. Yeah, the great Joe Brown had called seven and then I came along and, uh, you know, had another clutch uh, for, for the great man. And uh, he was he's just such a huge part of the, the Melbourne Cup story. And, of course, he intertwined uh, with, with New Zealand. He was one of the first to, to come over here and realise the, the blood that was existing in this country and, and, and take it back and, and win countless Melbourne Cups. So, uh, yeah. Yep, the, the Bart Cummings story is intrinsic in, in the Melbourne Cup story. There's a special call as well, um, a media puzzle winning back in 2002 for Damien Oliver, and that was quite a poignant uh, occasion. Yeah, it, it sure was. Uh, as everyone knows, Damien had, had lost his brother in the in the week leading into that Melbourne Cup, and there was thoughts of whether he'd, he'd take the ride on media puzzle or, or not. And the emotion that poured out uh, after that Melbourne Cup victory was something I'll, I'll never forget. I, I was on course caller and calling for uh, Sky Channel at the time. And uh, part of the, the Melbourne Cup is that uh, you, you welcome the winner back to scale, you know, that famous Roses race. And um, I looked down and it, it, hairs on the back of my neck stand up just thinking about it now when... It was a standing ovation. Everybody in front of the stands where, I, where I'm broadcasting from, I can see most of the crowd uh, in front of the lawn stand. They all stood up. Um, grown men were crying. Women were crying. And it was just such an emotional outpouring uh, of grief for Damien. And then I had to go on air and, and welcome back the, the Melbourne Cup winner, you know, media puzzle, Damien Oliver. And, and the crowd just went uh, ballistic. It was uh, just quite an amazing and emotional moment. Certainly was. I, I remember it well. I remember the call very well too. Um, uh, one of the other things, of course, uh, you know, when you started uh, and uh, even before that in the Joe Brown days, it was almost uh, unthinkable that a, a woman would ride the winner of a Melbourne Cup. And of course, uh, with Pride of Penzance, Michelle Payne was able to do that and you called that. 
Yeah, that was one of the great um, moments in the Melbourne Cup's history. Uh, hasn't been done since, but I'm sure it's just a matter of time that the women are having a, a huge influence in, in racing in Australia, as it has been for a long, long time here in New Zealand. And it's just a matter of time before it happens again. That was a surprise to many, you know, the, the, the price that uh, Prince of Penzance was on the day. It was you know, an extraordinary long price, but I don't know how he started that such a long price because I've bumped into that many people who backed him <laughs> <laughs> they've told me yeah. they backed him because of Michelle, you know. Uh, and, and Michelle's still going. She's, um, I think, very close to hanging up the boots, but uh, she didn't ride all that many in the last season and she's been given a, a special dispensation to continue with yeah. her riding career uh, for, the, for the coming season and I'm sure it won't be too long before uh, you know, she bows out and, uh, and takes up training full-time. But that yeah. was a, a big moment in 2015 for sure. Sure, sure was. In the trilogy, uh, we touched on it with the commentary of the third one, Maccabi Diva and the Glen Boss, that association there. Um, almost unthinkable with the com- competitive nature of racing that a horse would be able to win that two-mile race three years in a row. It, it was, wasn't it? And the amazing thing about her, I think, is she just got better the older that she got. You know, the, the start of her last preparation, she won over seven, over 1,400 metres first up, and she couldn't do that early in her career. She just got better and better and better. And um, that lead-up to whether she'd run in the Melbourne Cup, it was just almost a circus you know, at, at Markdale at the training centre where um, Lee Friedman gave her, a, her, her final gallop and Glenn Boss was there and there were pressmen hanging out of trees at his property backed onto the golf course they were all lined up along the, the golf course trying to get that exclusive whether she'd run or not and it was as Glenn Boss pointed out he said it was just a runaway train we, it, we can't stop this you know and he was convinced that the mayor was going to win it and uh, uh, I've never called a Melbourne Cup under such pressure that uh, all eyes were on her and I had another 20 odd horses to, to call in you know and I just kept glancing back and making sure she was safe and well and I didn't want to see her, you know, clip heels or get a check and I'd be the only bloke on course who didn't see it, you know, and I'm supposed to see it all. But So it was an extraordinary moment when Glenn, for three years in a row, to be able just to, wherever, wherever he wanted to go, the gaps opened. And mm. to happen once is uh, a great deal of luck. To happen three times is just something extraordinary. You had some divine intervention, I think, Glenn. Greg, before we get on to the actual day itself or the carnival itself and uh, the way you approached it as such, uh, I, I'd just like to talk about uh, two other mares that um, that you, uh, you you saw and called and um, and watched uh, light up Australia, really, Black Caviar and, and of course, Winks. Yeah, I was very fortunate to call nearly all of uh, Black Caviar's uh, races and it was an event every time she went to the course. It was quite something else and it, her legend just continued to grow and grow and the, the, the crowds that she would attract uh, when she went over to Adelaide, they had the biggest crowds they've ever had there. Went to Brisbane, it was the biggest crowd they've ever had there. She... Uh, transcended racing. It was just something else again and I was very fortunate enough to be uh, at Ascot uh, um, in England uh, and see her win there. Probably not her finest moment but maybe in another way it was because she wasn't at the top of her game. She she was unwell. Whether she was going to start was uh, up in the air and a lot of people didn't know that, that she'd really trained off before the race and had to pull out something very, very special to uh, to see off uh, the best in, in the world and, and then to come back and continue 
continue that legacy and and mm-hmm. uh, and go on and remain unbeaten as she was. She was she was an absolute privilege to uh, to be in the broadcast box and call. Uh, I'd have friends ringing up and if you want a line for her this time, try this, you know, because every mm-hmm. time she won, you knew she was going to win. You just wanted to try and make it a bit more interesting and give another line. So uh, that was that was an interesting thing, but. With Winks, I was very fortunate. Yeah, I got to call her first two uh, Cox Plates and, and then Matt Hill's been able to come along and, and have the next two. Four Cox Plates, just something extraordinary. What did she win? 33 in a row at one stage, 28 yes. group ones. Yep. Uh, it's it's just mouth-watering when you reel off statistics like that, Ian, and uh, what she what she did. And another that was able to transcend racing and, 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 and put our great sport on the front page. Greg, on the carnival itself, of course, it's uh, principally a four-day carnival as such. Uh, the first day, of course, is, is Derby Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and some say that's the, the best day in Australian racing. Well, they used to say that anyway with the quality of the fields throughout. Is that still the, the situation or has racing grown around Australia to, uh, 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 to an extent that possibly isn't the case now? Oh, I think you'd find that uh, most people would still say that um, Derby Day is, is the principal day. Caulfield Guineas Day is a great day. And we've got some pop-up races uh, in in New South Wales, but they don't have the the history and and the, and the quality of what of what Derby Day at Flemington is all about. You know, it, it's the start of a, a four-day extravaganza, um, and the whole town just gets behind what's going on at Flemington for that week. Uh, it's the crescendo of. Yeah, a, a terrific spring carnival that just sort of starts to get going in September and when the uh, AFL finals finish at the end of September and October rolls around, it's just a, a build-up week by week and I feel it sort of peaks in that four days at Flemington and for when I was calling in the 30-odd years, Derby Day was the day I look forward to the most because it was, you know, the best of the best were out there on, on the track and uh, it was just a, a buzz that doesn't exist it's palpable. You walk onto the race course and you can just feel something special's about to happen and you're a little part of it. It's a, it's a big buzz. So for me, it's still Derby Day, Ian. Not an, and not an easy race to call the cup, uh, Greg. Of course, a lot of the horses are so well-known. The colours are quite well-known, but there's 24 horses, for goodness sake. As you said before, you've, you can't just look at the star and, or the favourite and plot its progress. You, you have to look at the lot. So how do you prepare for a 24-horse uh, field yeah. Uh, of that nature with that importance on that particular occasion, knowing full well that everything you say is going down into history as such. Yeah, that's right. It sort of changed over the years for me because when I first started, you know, computers didn't exist and um, uh, replays, video replays were extremely hard to, to get hold of and there were no internationals. Uh, so it was a matter of you, you did your homework in the weeks leading up to the Melbourne Cup. You'd see just about every horse have a start, uh, you know, apart from horses like Kiwi, which we, we didn't see but it was that was that was uh, uh, not very often that, that would happen. We'd we'd normally know every every horse in the Melbourne Cup field, uh, having called them in the lead up. As things have changed you know, since the the days of uh, vintage crop winning the Melbourne Cup and and the mm. huge influx of the international horses, sometimes you wouldn't see them until Melbourne Cup time. So um, you know, maybe eight or nine horses you'd never have been able to uh, to witness before. So I'd go out to uh, Werribee and try and get some kind of a handle on looking at the horses there. 
But then on, on the day itself, it's just a matter of putting yourself into a sort of a cocoon of concentration, I'd call it, um, where nothing else enters your mind apart from the, the colours that the jockey's wearing and the, and the horse and the racing style that you, you, you know of the horse. And, and then just the concentration level goes up uh, to a degree that I, I, I probably don't concentrate that hard on anything else any time during the year apart from that five minutes during that Melbourne Cup and you realise as you say how important the race is because it reaches out beyond the racing folk people who've never had a bet all year and might, might just have a, uh, a, a ticket uh, on, a, on a, a place for the Melbourne Cup they want to hear their horse called and it's the last furlong that really matters so as a race caller I always felt if you could get that 10 or 12 seconds right, then you can relax for the rest of the year, really. <laughs> I, I, the other thing I've, uh, I've often wanted to uh, ask the likes of yourself is, you know, you have those legendary calls, those legendary statements, those legendary moments that, you know, we just heard with Maccabi Diva 2005. Um, are they in the back of your mind or do they come to you naturally when the emotion of what you're just seeing in front of you takes over? 99% of the time uh, I try not to have anything prepared because you can just trip over your own words if it, if the race doesn't fold out the way you hope it might. Mm. So I often didn't uh, prepare lines, but every now and again there's something exceptional that um, you des- it deserves to be uh, uh, spoken of and and, um, and labelled and, and, and put a proper call on it, if you like, you know. And that was one of them uh, for Maccabi's third. I remember on the eve of that Melbourne Cup, I was in a radio studio, you know, not, not unlike the one we're in now, and uh, we were interviewing all of the... Uh, Contestants and 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 personalities and Bruce McAvaney, a, a brilliant and outstanding sports broadcaster, said uh, on air. He said, "I'm sure Greg's got a line prepared for Maccabi Diva, just as I had for Kathy Freeman in those 2000 games." <laughs> and I thought my heart sunk because I hadn't thought of anything. And you know, and this is the <laughs> night before the the Melbourne Cup, and the greatest broadcaster in Australia is saying, "I'm sure he's got a line prepared." So I went home and thought, "What am I going to do?" Bruce McAvaney says I should have a line prepared, and I tossed and turned. And I was playing some old replays and I replayed a Cox Plate and I'd said, just a throwaway line, what a, what a legend she is. And I, it dawned on me then that, well, if she does win it, that'll be it. I can just say a champion becomes a legend and God mm. bless her cotton socks. She made it pretty easy because she was going to win the race a long way out. It's just a matter of when I wanted to say it. <laughs> Uh, absolutely brilliant, uh, Greg. I know you're you're a busy man and you've got a lot of uh, commitments. Uh, your message, I guess, to people around New Zealand as you travel around promoting the Melbourne Cup is get involved. I mean, it's not hard to. It is the race that still stops two nations, as we like to call it over here. Uh, so, what are, for people looking to still get involved now that we're able to travel, etc.? Is, is there's a classic opportunity here? Yeah, that's right. Uh, finally, uh, we're we're back and we're open. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, no one was at Fleming. For the for the Melbourne Cup, uh, eerily uh, last year just ten thousand people were allowed. But this year uh, it, it's open as normal. If you're thinking of coming along, Melbourne's got its doors wide open for you. Best way to to operate is just to contact the VRC through uh, vrc.com.au, and all the tickets are available there. Uh, there are packages galore, and you know it, it's going to be the Melbourne Cup of old. 
It's going to be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, Greg. As has been this uh, opportunity to talk to you for the last uh, 20 minutes, it's just been... I, I could talk... I, honestly, I could sit down over a beer with you and perhaps not with David Ellis around and, and talk some serious... <laughs> some some serious racing because... Uh, I love that you know, very you, much. You, look, your voice is just synonymous with, uh, with the whole damn deal. It's just... Uh, I, I love it. Absolutely love it. And I've loved this opportunity. Travel safe around New Zealand and uh, hopefully we'll catch up in person at some stage. Thank oh. you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ian. I've enjoyed it very much and I'd, I'd love to catch up and have that beer with you one day. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.